Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. You know, at one point whenever I went to Torn Racing, I thought I was going to uh, to Torn to help my son. My son needed to be somewhere else besides school. And so we bought a dirt bike and we thought, hey, we'll go we'll go race dirt bikes. Hmm. I get there the first day, we're there, and Curtis, the guy that owns Torn, he said, hey, we need somebody to preach. Anybody want to preach? And so I said, you know, I've got a little background in that. I'll, I don't mind doing it. So I, I told him I'd preach. Well, it was a train wreck. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm like, I couldn't even remember my scripture. It was just all over the place. And then I thought, I'm done. He wouldn't even let me come back and race. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, that ended uh, that year. I preached six more times and wound up traveling for the next 10 years with Torn Racing. Oh, nice. So, uh, God has a sense of humor. That's for sure. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Wow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jess Kirchmeyer. And I am Jeff Keck, and we're here with Cliff Spain. Cliff, welcome. Thank you. Tell us about yourself. Well, uh, start way back in the in the beginning, uh, where I was in high school and chasing my favorite girl, uh, my wife of 30, almost 40 years, 39 years. Uh, my dad was a pastor, so I went to church. I, I was always at church. There was never a time we weren't at church. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't always there mentally, but I was always there physically. One day, this young lady walks in. She is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I've just heard these stories mm -hmm. before. And I chased her, and I chased her, and I chased her. And four years later, she caught me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was 39 years ago. Nice. So that was uh, that's where, we, where that begins. But my professional career, I was a carpenter for the first four years we were married. I got married when I was 19. And uh, my wife was just out of high school, 12 days. And so, but I was a carpenter and then uh, working with my dad, building cabinets. And one day this guy was talking about being a firefighter and he was telling me about his career and how that he had a retirement. And I'm like, a retirement, what's that? My dad didn't have a retirement. We just worked until you die. So I thought, hey, I'm going to check this out. And so I went and checked it out and I became a fourth firefighter. By the grace of God, he allowed me to get into it. Best decision ever made in my life, but uh, probably the worst decision too. So if that makes sense, there's <laughs> it's on both sides of the spectrum because there was a time while I was a Fort Worth firefighter that I got pretty hard-hearted. I went yeah. way away from God. I went the wrong direction. And uh, I don't think I really did anything that bad and from a moral perspective. It's just that I got a hard heart and uh, I really just didn't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, God put me in a position where I was like, man, but then, uh, it, through a, a course of events, my wife one day asked me if I wanted my children to be like me. And I'm like, well, of course. And she goes, then are you going to go to church? Because I would come home and not go to church. But my kids would go, my wife would go. And so I began to go, and that begins where my ministry began. Yeah. Uh, shortly thereafter, I'd been in church. Me and her had always gone to church. But uh, we, we decided we would help take over the children's ministry, and we wanted to take the kids to camp. So I thought, okay, we can do this. So I go to this meeting, and I'm in my fire department uniform. I took off work to go to this meeting, and actually it was here in Arlington was the meeting uh, at, uh, I can't remember the name of the church anyway, but there was a whole bunch of pastors there, and my pastor didn't go. He sent me. So I'm sitting there listening, and it was a trap. 
<laughs> uh, because they're talking about what we're going to do for children's camp, which is K through sixth grade. And uh, what happened there was that it was going to be over the battles of the Bible. We were going to talk about the different different battles of the Bible. So they wanted kind of paramilitary camp is what they were looking for. Being a firefighter, little paramilitary there. So uh, understood about saluting, understood about the flag and the procedures. And so they come to me and say, well, would you preach the camp? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not a preacher. Uh, I teach and that's all I do. I'm not a preacher. Well, me and my wife were also Christian clowns at the time. And my wife taught through Christian clowning and I helped her. Through a course of events, uh, we wound up going to Minnetonka Youth Camp, uh, taking about 25 kids from our church, and there was about 400 in camp. We clowned the morning service, and I preached the night service. We go through the whole week. Uh, we're on Thursday morning. We've had two kids except Christ. It's been horrible. Again, a train wreck. I'm like, <laughs> God, what are you doing? So I'm like, God, why me? Why would you have me doing what I'm doing when these kids need Jesus? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. So I begged the other preachers. I said, hey, guys, I need help. I need somebody to preach. They said, no, no, God called you. I said, no, no, guys, look, <laughs> nobody's accepting Christ. What are we going to do here? And uh, they all came to my room. First time I'd ever had hands laid on me. All these pastors come in, they lay hands on me. They prayed. And I'm still thinking, God, what are you doing? These kids are going to go home without you in their heart because some pastor is being stubborn. Yeah. Little did I know that God was teaching me a lesson. Mm. That night, 42 kids accepted Christ. Wow. But that's not the, <clears throat> the story behind this. The story behind it is <clears throat> that's whenever I found out that I was supposed to be preaching. Mm. Because this 13-year-old boy walks up and he tells me, he said, uh, I want to preach. And I said, well, let me get your pastor and we'll pray with you. He goes, no, no, no. I want to preach like you. Mm. I got it, God. Okay. So basically, I was 40 years old. I grew up in a pastor's home. And at 40 years old, I said, God, you're my, I, you're, you got me. Here I am. What do you want me to do? Mm. And since that time, I was still fighting fire at the time. And uh, I was like, what can I do fighting fire? What can I possibly do to help? Well, through the course of events again, uh, the chaplain, Ed Stauffer, he was actually going to a church here in Arlington. We wound up going to that church and doing a clown ministry, and I preached that day. And I say that because fast forward 20 years, Ed Stauffer got sick. He was the chaplain for the retired firefighters and asked me to take that position. So I'm currently serving as a chaplain for the retired firefighters in Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm, I'm also the chaplain for the Men and Wells Fire Department. Nice. Uh, I serve with my church. I go to Indian Creek Baptist Church. Uh, at this point, we're kind of new members. We're just kind of figure out where we fit in at and all that. But I'm going to digress. I want to go back to age 40, surrendering to preach. I'm like, God, <clears throat> what would you have me do? What what am I going to do? I'm a firefighter. I'm going every third Sunday. I, nobody's going to let me preach. So what do I do? And he provided a place that Bowie, Texas, Calvary Baptist Church, they called and said, hey, we would like for you to come and, uh, and be our youth pastor, at least in view of a call. I'm like, okay. So me and my wife talked about it and 
we went in view of a call. I preached, actually taught Sunday school that morning and I preached the Sunday night service. But what I'm not telling y'all is, is that's the very church I met my wife in. Mm. That's the very church my dad pastored when I was growing up. And now we're going back to serve in, that, in our home church. Wow. So God, they, they called us and we went back and we served for a year, one just one year we served. I was a youth pastor there and associate pastor. And then we left there. Uh, we did what God asked us to do, and we knew going in what it was going to be. Uh, and I'm not, no bitter feelings whatsoever. There was some changes that needed to be taken place, and uh, me and the pastor talked about it. And so what we decided to do at that point was that, that we would, I would come in and do what he wanted me to do. And when the time was come, I would leave because I had a job, and the pastor didn't. So we stayed in Bowie for a year, and... Uh, at the end of that year, when I resigned, we bounced around to a couple of different churches, wasn't really sure where to go. And uh, that's whenever we started racing motocross. That's when my son, some things took place at school that he he just wasn't comfortable. I wasn't comfortable. So we wound up homeschooling his last two years and getting into motocross and, and riding with torn racing, which he kept a cast on most of the time <laughs> during that five year period. We broke something like seven bones oh uh, during that time frame. But now I want to talk about torn and how that after I became the pastor there, the things that took place, uh, I came not having a clue what motorcycles were. I didn't ride motorcycles. I, I wear a cowboy hat. I, mm, I don't yeah. do motorcycles. Uh, I was rodeo, but my son, he loved it. So I got into it. What was really neat was how everybody accepted me into that and how the, the Curtis's family accepted me in. And actually, I was there before you, right, Jess? You were, yeah. Because I remember, because, yeah, yeah, because my son and your husband are the same age. Mm -hmm. So we got there. He was 16. So that's that's how old Chris was when we went. So your husband was the same age. But uh, we went with, with Curtis, and uh, I sat and talked with him, and we had some long, deep conversations. And there was another pastor that was doing the four-wheelers, and we were kind of going back and forth on who was really going to be the pastor and who was going to take care of it. And then we had a camp and we went to this camp down at Family Farm. Yeah. Uh, where's it at, Jess? It, outside of Clifton. Okay. Yeah. So we go down there to this camp and uh, <laughs> this is kind of a neat story. Uh, we get there and were you there at that camp? I don't think I don't, so. I don't think you were yet. You weren't mm -hmm. in the picture yet. So we get down there, and uh, Curtis and Angie, you know, they're they're putting it on, so they're in charge. And if we don't know who Curtis and Angie are, this is Jess's in-laws. Yeah. And so we get there, and we're doing everything. We have our first night service, and I just assume that everyone that goes to camp and goes to church knows how to lead people to the Lord, right? Yeah. Everybody knows <laughs> Romans Road. Everybody can do this. Little did I know, that's not exactly true. So we get to uh, we get to camp. First night, I give an invitation. We have 30-something kids stand up and come forward to get saved. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I said, staff, come here. And everybody sat there. I go, staff, come here. So everybody finally started trickling in, and Curtis took some, and Curtis was great with his. And we had uh, Heath. Yeah, the Fishers. Were yeah, there. the Fishers were with us, and Heath and his wife, and, and they, they took some off to the side, and they dealt with them. And then Angie took some. And then Angie come and got me, and she goes, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, what do you yeah. mean you don't know what to do? She goes, I, I've never done this before. So needless to say, we had to have a staff meeting the next morning at 630. And we went through the Romans road and learned how to present the gospel. Right. And so, and Curtis already do, but 
what I wanted was that if we were going to do this every night, I felt like that the kids needed to have the exact same scripture presented. So whenever I got around to talking to them through the week or somebody else did, we could deal with the same scripture mm-hmm. and not have to wonder what that was on their mind. So that's why we did what we did. There's multiple scriptures you can use. I just chose the Romans Road as a simple way of doing it. Yeah. And uh, from there, we've had multiple camps after that. Uh, we, I don't know, at, at one point we were counting and then we realized that all of a sudden no one was getting saved, nothing was happening, and it was because we felt like we were keeping score. And so we quit that, and it started happening again. People started coming. And I would think at the height, Jess, how many do we have coming to church? Oh, goodness. I don't have a clue. Over 100. A lot. It's a big crowd. Yeah. 100, 150 people on a sunny morning in a motocross field that don't have to get up but chose to get up to come to church. Yeah. So it was really good. God was in it. We knew he was in it. We did baptisms out there. And that's a place that I probably grew the most because during that time frame, there were some things going on in my personal life that I had no idea that God was growing me during this time of my life. I thought, hey, life is good. I get to be a motocross minister. Uh, they're paying me to do this. You know, I, I don't cost me money to come out here. In the beginning, it did. Curtis didn't pay me. It was, I think it was a trial to see if it was something that I was really there for. And uh, the first two years, I, I did it on credit card. Literally, we didn't have enough money. Yeah. So I just went. I said, God, you you brought me here. You're going to have to provide. And uh, two years in, Curtis pretty much paid my credit card debt off mm. uh, as far as, as racing went. And then began to pay me a decent salary to do what I was doing, and which was really a blessing because, to be honest with you, I'd still be doing it for nothing if, if I could. God just moved us to a different place. And yeah. so after being 10 years with Torn Racing, uh, God showed me a missions group where we went to Honduras to drill water wells. And uh, I fell in love with the Honduran people, and I went down to drill water wells. And I'm not going to chase all the rabbits there, but it's an organization local here, and they had multiple things that you could do. And as soon as I got in the organization, they asked me to come back stateside and work in a warehouse ministry. So I did that. And then COVID hit and lots of things happened. But bottom line is that all fell apart. And uh, I honestly, now I'm not a missionary anymore. I said, okay, God, I'm retired. I'm not with Torn. I'm not a missionary. Now what? (laughs) And uh, that's whenever I was asked to, to be the chaplain for the retired firefighters. So I came in to do that. And then from there, uh, I've gone to classes and learned about the PTSD and learned how to deal with that and how to help uh, assist with suicide prevention. And um, through the, the all these things that's happened, God has, has molded me in so many different ways that I still don't really know how to tell you what my ministry is. Mm-hmm. I just know that I get up every morning and I say, God, here am I. And I want to be used. I know that sounds kind of lame, but I don't know what else to do because I'm not an educated man. Uh, Yeah, I'm a firefighter and I've done all that stuff. Never been to Bible college, never been to college of any kind. I just wanted to be used. And so I was like, God, show me where you want me. And it's just so happened that it's, it's just keeps happening over and over. And, uh, you know, at one point with, during Torn, we had a, a young man that was 
12 years old that accidentally shot himself. Mm. And, uh, but he, he had a mentality of, a, of just a very small child. Yeah. Anyway, there was uh, things around that that's not important. The important thing is, is that I was asked to preach the funeral. And I'm like, why me? They said, you're the only church service he's ever been to because he was too disruptive to go to any other churches. Mm. And, but he would come to my service at the track. And so it was an honor to get to do that. And that was, I want to say it was probably a turning point for me to realize that I'm going from being a preacher at a track to really being a pastor to these people. Yeah. Uh, they were, I asked another lady that was talking to me about some problems and, and which I made a, a point never to talk to a woman one-on-one by myself. Mm -hmm. I just don't do that out of respect for my wife. And, uh, but what we would do out there is there was always a picnic bench out by the torn trailer where all the ladies were. So we'd sit out in front and I would talk to women there if they needed to be talked to. And I looked at this lady and I said, Hey, why don't, why don't we call your pastor? I'll help you talk to him and we'll go through it. And she stops and she stared at me and she goes, I thought I was talking to my pastor. <laughs> so that was another time in my yeah. life that I'm like, okay, God, I get it. You've got me where you want me and, and I'll just serve here. And so for me throughout my whole life with my dad's 91 years old, he's still alive. Uh, the last time he was on the platform was he was uh, 89 and he preached his brother's funeral. And I helped him with that. I was able to be on the platform with my dad. And so from here, I, I don't know what God's got for me. I know I've been retired six years. Uh, I'm going to continue to serve the firefighter family. I just went to a conference and uh, made a lot of contacts. And so I'm going to be actually helping out with some a little bit more of the fire side of it for chaplaincy. Uh, just There's a lot of departments out there that don't have chaplains. Yeah. And I'm with a group now that provides that service. So if they call and need help, then one of us will respond. Yeah. And, and we'll go and be a first responder to the first responders. How long have you been retired from Fort Worth? Six years. Good. I did 30 years with the Fort Worth Fire Department. I hired on in 1985 and retired 2015, almost to the day. It was hmm. in the same month. <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was pretty neat. Good. <clears throat> so Cliff, let's go back in time and hear about your personal testimony of how you came to know Jesus. Um, what is, what was life like before? I mean, I know being a pastor's kid, I know that that was pretty early for you. It was. Um, but tell a little bit about that. Well, I don't remember a time, honestly, that I didn't know Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I grew up and I was first place I went was church, but I do remember a time when I was about 14, 13 or 14 years old. We were at Bowie, Texas my dad was getting ready to, to preach and we were up there on Saturday doing something. And I was on the back pew begging God not to let me die before I could accept him. Mm. So that was whenever, 14 is whenever I actually had that, that life-changing moment. Did I know him before that? Probably. Yeah. But I needed that defining moment in my life to say, okay, I can, I can drive a stake here. Much like they did when they crossed the Jordan, they put a pile of rocks and they marked it. Yeah. have a mark in my life. That's that's where I can go back to as an anchor point at age 14. And then uh, from there, I'm not real proud of my high school years. Uh, really not. But uh, I will once again mention my wife. Her name is uh, Renee. Her favorite people call her Nene. So <laughs> that's the, our six grandchildren. Call her Nene. And uh, she was probably the biggest godsend I ever had in my life. When she came into my life, 
it was, we will attend church. We will be all, all about doing what we're supposed to be doing. And uh, she wasn't one to stray very far. And so through the years, she's kept me on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Good deal. So you've switched ministries quite a bit to different callings, I guess, that the Lord has kind of given you. So I guess now you're like used to it. If, if the Lord calls you to something different, you're like, okay. So, but what was the struggle? You know, moving from one thing to another, like torn, you spent 10 years, they probably would have wanted to stay a lot longer, but God had different plans for you. So, you know, how, how are you being obedient in doing that? And what's the struggle to, to, to realize, you know, okay, God's switching me to something else now. The hardest part for me was, is always turning loose of the people that I love the most. Mm. Yeah. At Torn Racing, there was a general racing is a generational thing. Kids come in and kids race for about five or six years. They're the ones that start real early race 10 years, but generally five to six years. So I literally pastored two generations of racers. Oh, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't connecting to that third generation and I knew it. Mm-hmm. And so it was time to be going a different way. But to say the struggle between them, <sighs> I don't think there is a struggle. I think the the thing that I've had the hardest part with is saying, God, can you not just give me one? (laughs) You know, I I just want to serve one spot, but it it doesn't work that way. And so if I could encourage anybody that's listening, anything at all, the one thing I would encourage you to do is remember who the Holy Spirit is, Mm -hmm. because that's something that I didn't, even when I was talking with Jess, we had some conversations about this at the track, but I never <laughs> followed it. Oh, we did. We had a whole lot. In fact, our Friday nights were, they got long. Yeah, but. so for, I would, as I would read the Bible, we had torn about once a month. So as I would read the Bible, I would make a list of questions in my journal and I would write Cliff question on the side. And then we get there Friday night and I go, okay, Cliff, here's what I need to know. Because I was 18, I was young, I was a new believer. I was like, I, what does this mean? What is that? <laughs> And myself and, and her father-in-law would sit down and we would talk and not always agree. Yeah. But we would we'd always stand our ground because we were both pretty firm in what we believed in and we could back it up with scripture. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was so neat mm-hmm. with Torn. Just in the last two years have I been I read a book, uh, and I, I'm terrible with names of books, so I'm not gonna try to quote it, but I read a book about the Holy Spirit and uh I believe the name of that book is The God I Never Knew. Uh, I want to say come out of Gateway Church. I believe is where it came from. Mm. But anyway, it's not the important of who wrote it or anything about it. It's what it spoke to me about. Is that in I grew up Baptist, independent, fundamental, being on the pulpit, black tie, white shirt, Baptist. And uh, for me, I, that's where it was always at. I just kind of hung on to that. And when you talked about the Holy Spirit in the fundamental Baptist movement, the Holy Spirit, right on by it. And you don't talk about it a lot because, you know, somebody might raise their hand or something. (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen after that? So uh, for me, I never paid a lot of attention. Uh, I just prayed to God, prayed to Jesus, and we moved on. Mm -hmm. Well, I read this book and I'm like, okay, there's God the Father, God the Son, and whoa, God, the Holy Spirit. And I began to look back in my life and realize all those times that he was talking to me, that was the Holy Spirit talking to me. Mm. And that I didn't realize that. I didn't, was it an audible voice? I can't tell you it was audible, but I can tell you that it was enough that I knew what he was saying. Mm -hmm. So that's audible enough for me. 
you know, kind of like a wife and a husband. At, at this stage of our marriage, I can look at my wife and pretty much know what she thinks <laughs> what I'm thinking to get in trouble for. So that's something I've learned as far as growth in the last few years has been about the Holy Spirit and yeah. understanding that He is with me. He lives inside me. And so whenever I do something wrong, He's not waiting on me to confess it. He's doing it with me because He's in me. And so it's made me be a lot more thoughtful to think about how I treat people, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to speak, uh, how I'm going to carry myself. Uh, you, I can be very arrogant as a firefighter. And when she first met me, I was probably very arrogant about <laughs> that. Uh, most firefighters are. I don't know why. But uh, bottom line is you, you get that way. And then you get pretty hard-hearted and I just think the Holy Spirit has done a major work in my life in the last few years that has allowed me to open up to your question you just asked, is that how is it to move between each segment of, of my, I don't know what you would call it, uh, service to God. And I don't really look at it as segments. I just look at it that it's, it's my next battle station. It's the next place to salute and say, yes, sir. I'm here yeah. reporting for duty. Yeah. And when the time comes, that'll close and we'll move to the next. Who would have ever thought that a Baptist preacher would mm -hmm. be speaking in the Assembly of God Church two months after he moves to town? Yeah. Okay, that's Holy Spirit. <laughs> I moved to Mineral Wells. I meet the Assembly of God pastor. I become their chaplain for the fire department. The next thing I know, I'm preaching at their church. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I promised God about 10 years ago. I said, God, I'll quit kicking doors open. I will quit forcing my way in. I'm going to sit on the back of the bus. And where you steer the bus to, I'll get off when you stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. Um, I had to throw this question in because um, I love Back to the Future. My mother-in-law loves Back to the Future. So if you could go back in time with Doc and Marty, um, at what point in your history would you want to go back to? Either to relive it again, how it was, mm -hmm. or to go back and change something? That's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> the first part of that is is that... They couldn't uh, even do a simple movie on it. It had to be a trilogy. Exactly. <laughs> to, to get all spiritual on you, I would never change anything. Yeah. Because God's orchestrated my life to be where I'm at right now. Yeah. Uh, to the point of being sitting in front of this microphone right now. Uh, up until this point, everything that's happened in my life has got me to this point. And I believe it's because God's orchestrated it. What would I go back and relive? Two things. I'd go back and relive the romance with my wife when we mm -hmm. were first dating because you got to understand where I came from, guys. I was, I was the end of the graduating class. She was valedictorian, salutatorian in her class, two different towns. So it was amazing whenever... All that took place. But the other thing I'd want to relive is uh, if I could go back, I'd have more time with my mom. Yeah. So lost my mom when she was 54. I was 23. Mm. So uh, didn't have a lot of time with my mom. Yeah. But she's been a great influence on me and still continues to be. Yeah. Because of the service that she gave. So. it's awesome. And I absolutely love the stories of, of when God pushes people into things and they either don't want to go or they don't realize they're going. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
Yes. This is what I did, man. This yeah. is this is where you are because that's where I wanted you. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, switch gears a little bit. We're going to play a little uh, Bible game. All right. All right, so here's the game. <laughs> I've got uh, 11 questions, primarily because if we have a tie, we have a tiebreaker. <laughs> but these aren't questions. So what you have to do is you have to guess... Were you, I, I don't want to accidentally look. See? Yeah, I can see. You have it. to guess <laughs> the book of the Bible based on its first verse. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, the first verse of the book. The first verse of oh, that book. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Who's going first? <laughs> I'm really competitive, Cliff. I play to win. You go right ahead. Uh, Cliff, is the, Cliff is the guest <laughs> so, here. We'll, Cliff will go first because he. All right. Ready? All right. Here we go, Cliff. First question. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis. Oh, oh I'll stay there. I'll give a cliff point there. Nikki, <laughs> move yourself a nine. Easy. Give her that first. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, Jess, your question. Here we go. Okay. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. I had well, I had a thought, and then you said a word, but I, I don't think it's Jeremiah. I was gonna say Esther. Uh, Esther, was a really good close. I'm gonna guess Daniel. Neither one of you. Oh. that one's gonna be the Book of Ezra. 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 Oh, Ezra. Okay. So we'll just points there. All right, here we go. Back to you over here, Mr. Cliff. Blessed is the man, or blessed as you would want to say, <laughs> is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers. I know the verse, but I cannot tell you what book of the Bible it's in. I don't know. Psalm 1. For he will be like a tree planted by streams of flowing, living water, something, somethings. That's all I got. <laughs> well, you got it, so. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to give you that point. Wait, do you get a point for that since it was his question? Yeah, all right. Kind of I don't know. Ball, I guess, so. I'll tell you what, if you get it, it's a point. Okay, yeah. here you go, Jess. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Any of the New Testament books? <laughs> I know, it's like they all start that way. Say... Oh. He only wrote 13 of them. I know. And they all start pretty much the same way. <laughs> I'm going to say Romans. First Timothy. Oh. I'm sorry. Didn't even yes. give Cliff a chance to get it. Nope. That's all right. He did it. That's all right. All right. All right. Back over here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You just did this. That's not the one we just did. No, I oh. I have a scripture oh. memory thing on my phone. I... I I'm going a total blank. I won't say Genesis, but it's already had Genesis, so. Well, that is, yeah, that's in the beginning God created. This is in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. That's John, isn't it? Is it it's St. John, the, mm -hmm. the Gospel of John? That's John. Yep. All right, we're on a roll here. Two to, two to one. <laughs> Paul. Oh a prisoner of, <laughs> prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worder, worder, worder. I wrote that wrong. 
Is it Philemon? Yes. Okay. I was like, it's there. I was like, oh, captivity epistles. I know that that's a thing. I was trying to go through them in my head. All right, back over here, Cliff. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Uh, yes, uh, I can't, I, I'm not going to be able to guess it, so go. Ruth. It was Ruth. We just studied that in youth. <laughs> Ruth in Thank youth. Thank you, TJ. Shout out to TJ. Shout yeah. out to TJ Lewis. <laughs> All right, back over here. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. That'd be Exodus? That would be Exodus. Yeah. All right, back over here, Cliff. You still got time. <laughs> All right. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth. Oh, I'm just so glad y'all are playing because I would yeah. not do good on these. <laughs> no, I'm you not. You didn't hear me squeal all. on this one. I don't uh, know. It. Uh, the elect. The, the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth. Got to don't, don't know. know. Don't know. Titus? Not Titus. Okay. Second John. Second okay. John. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was something Paul said. I Listen, I found this online, this little thing right here, and I was like, oh, this <laughs> is awesome. Glad I'm not playing. Here we go. Uh, I don't know whose turn it is to have this. But yeah, here my we go. turn. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Oh, it could be four of them. Could be any of the four. But it's not John, because we got that one. And you know it's not going to be. Uh, Matthew's the genealogy here one. There you go. So I'm going to say Mark. Mark it is. Oh, yeah. 50 50 shots. All right. Uh, I stopped keeping score, by the way. I'm just throwing stuff. <laughs> uh, now, King David was old and advanced in years, and although they covered him with clothes, he could not get warm. King David, that was... Uh, judges? Nope. Go ahead. I don't know what it is, but it's not judges. Because it would have been maybe first or second kings. That's First Kings. Yeah, First Kings was Chronicles and Kings. Because it would have been yeah. Sa- Sam- You're right. yeah, the Samuels would have been mm-hmm. Saul and David's. Yes. David was a baby in the same or David was second Samuel. All right. So yeah. it it looks like after adding everything up, it looks like Cliff wins because he's the guest. Of course. <laughs> so that's done. Okay. Um, Cliff, we like to end all of our episodes with um god's word so do you have a favorite verse or passage of scripture or storyline or just book of the Bible? anything that speaks to you from his word my life verse is i can do all things through christ who strengthens me it's always been that verse because that's how i fought fire uh times whenever i listened to one of your podcasts here recently and one of your guys was a, i believe he was a police officer he was like he was saying he wasn't a brave man, but he had to overcome that. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I understand what he's talking about. And that's how I was able to overcome some of the fear was because I knew I had Jesus in my heart, even when I wasn't living for him. Mm-hmm. But my go-to verse on just about everything I talk to someone on is, is John 14, 6. Mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man come to the Father except by me. Mm-hmm. And if that's something that, that uh, if I leave with anything at all, is that anybody that hears this or hears the sound of my voice that you will go read that scripture 
and understand that Jesus Christ is everything. Yeah. Outstanding. Cliff Spain, retired Fort Worth firefighter, current follower of Christ into whatever ministry he's <laughs> into. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy. It has been. It's been good to see you again. Good to see you. All right. Thanks. If you want to know more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com and click on the gospel message. There you will find scripture references about who Jesus is and the plan of salvation, as well as different resources and references provided by our guests to help you through your walk with Christ. You can also click on the Testament tab where you will find a link to all of our podcasts and see our most recent podcast episodes that have been launched. Also on the Testament tab, you can drop us a line. Let us know what you think, if you have any comments or ideas for us, or point us to someone you think would make a great guest on our show. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Testament podcast. We'll make sure you know when each of our episodes launch and even give you a heads up on what episode is coming up with our Feature Friday posts. And if you see myself or Jess out and about, ask us for a business card. That's right. So we printed business cards with a QR code on them that leads your smartphone to our show. So you can hand them to a friend or family member, leave one on a table along with your tip for the waiter. Or pin one up on one of those cork boards that you see in a restaurant or a store where they allow the public to advertise their businesses. So thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye.